0: This is Dr. James Crosby, Head of Sustainability at Advantage Utilities. I'd like to ask, could your organisation be more of an energy sector hero? Are you interested in improving your sustainability as a business? Well, now you can obtain the expert view and guidance on renewable energy solutions, on-site generation, carbon accounting and sophisticated grid energy purchasing options through Advantage Utilities. Our team of experts use the latest tools to better analyse, track and reduce your organization's energy usage and carbon emissions. To find out how Advantage Utilities can become your one-stop shop for all your energy and sustainability needs, please visit www.advantageutilities.com or give one of our passionate and friendly team a call on 0208 131 4747.
1: Hi there and welcome back to the Energy Sector Heroes podcast. My name is Michelle Fraser and every week I will speak with incredible people who share their lessons, experiences and stories from their time spent in the energy sector. Hi there and welcome back again to this week's episode. If you're new to the show, then please take a second to subscribe and even consider sharing the show with just one other person. This week, I am joined by Laurel Quinn. Laurel is an incredible CEO with over 30 years' experience in leadership and marketing. Laurel, would you like to introduce yourself, please?
2: Hi, thank you so much for inviting me on this show. Um, yes, I'm Laurel, the CEO at Cold Plan, which is Scotland's not for profit digital skills bootcamp. Um, And just a bit about CodeClan, um, we transform people's careers and unlock opportunities for diverse talent through our immersive professional software development and professional data analysis boot camps. So that means we get really great talent into industries like the energy sector um, in really short space of time, taking them from other, other careers, like a lot of career changers, and putting them into great
1: companies. Okay, that sounds really interesting and really relevant, actually, to this uh, to our, my listeners. So, how did you get started in that industry?
2: Well, I had been involved in, in training kind of throughout my career. I was head of digital for an investment company, so I was on a trajectory bringing my, that team with me. So, we actually... Created the website, all the emails, all the marketing plans, all the CRM. There was a lot of activity going on, and um, really managed to scale that business quite dramatically from six countries to thirty countries in ten years through all the different automations and ways that we kind of through the the technical aspect from digital. And then I started branching out into the other teams. So what can we do with HR operations? You know, the other bits of the business that kind of grew from there. So it was a A slow but fast transition, if you like.
1: Okay, excellent. So how do you transfer? You were saying before you transfer people's career. How do you go about doing that?
2: Yeah, so someone might come to CodeClan and be really interested in um, switching careers from like a sector that might be in decline or changing or they don't kind of see that there's an opportunity for that person in that, that industry um might be like hospitality or manufacturing or you know something else that they're doing and they really want to see themselves on a different trajectory and the the technology sector is continuing to grow and evolve and there's there's so many jobs becoming available and so many opportunities and so many different types of com- of company that is a really attractive route for a career changer to to move in um from from a, set, a particular sector into the into the tech sector. So we're seeing a lot of people doing that transition. They might have kind of already got a degree in another subject matter, and then they come to CodeClan and do this immersive bootcamp style program with us for, for 16 weeks for the software one or 14 weeks for the data one. And we help them get jobs through that process as well. So they go into companies and they're kind of, you know, typically progressing in those companies really fast because they've got, previous experience it might be in customer services or hospitality or you know leadership roles in other industries that helps them accelerate through those organizations that they go into and help those companies
1: succeed oh no that sounds amazing so is it easy for people to change industries
2: yeah i mean it's 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 hard work you know we're not going to lie and say it's, it's easy there's a lot of work involved in in the program but really um you don't need prior experience in tech to do a program like CodeClan. The way the admissions process works is that you do puzzle and logic tests to get into the program. If we feel that you have an aptitude to learn, then we'll kind of bring you on the journey. And, and you do very much, you're part of a cohort, but we really help um, each individual student as well. So it's a really successful model and so far we've we've put 2,000 people through our immersive programs and into industry and we're looking to scale that up even further uh, by launching part-time programs so that people can and on-demand programs so that people can access the content and zoom into live lessons, etc at times that suit them wherever they are in the country.
1: Okay. so is it more for people that are that are mid-career rather than starting off after being a graduate?
2: Yeah so we've actually launched a youth academy for 16 to 24 year olds because you're right the people that are doing our immersive programs start at kind of around 25 year year olds and above. I mean we have people that are that are, are 60 that have done our programs but um, yeah the, the youth academy that's a four-week boot camp that we launched last year and that's really to get people who are leaving school or college into a career in tech as well. So and that's really exciting because a lot of you know there's a lot of interest from that younger generation in terms of getting into the t- the tech sector as well so yes we're approaching it from many angles but it's it's all about p- plugging the skills gap and and bringing more diverse talent into into the tech sector into roles in all sectors to be honest because every sector is technology enabled so how can we plug those skills gap for the the companies that need those skills and how do we do it quickly and how do we get the learned experience from people that are career changers and bring that into organisations and, and bringing in diverse talent as well with all the background experience and experience as well as those tech skills that can help them um, really uh, improve the the trajectory of the companies that they're going into.
1: No, that sounds amazing, actually. So what is the most challenging thing about your your current role?
2: I think for me I've been in the role for seven months now so there's been some change in the organization so bringing the teams with along with me I'm adding in this new product so the part-time on-demand product that's another kind of thing that we're doing at the moment we've actually been going through the tech scalers program um, Mm -hmm. ourselves as a company so how do we learn how to you know grow the business at pace which has changed a lot of the ways that we've we're working in the teams so there's a lot of exciting new changes that we're actually using with technology in our own organization um which is requiring a sort of change of ways of doing things and yeah it's it's a real process of change but it's a lot of exciting things that are going on at the same time so yeah, a lot of challenges, but a lot of good things. And it's great to see the progression of the team as they adopt all the new ways of working and you know, launching new products and things into market is a really exciting time.
1: Yeah, it sounds exciting. How do you handle all this change that's going on? In your-
2: I think it's just bringing people with you. So, you know, kind of not saying this is what we're doing, but it's kind of getting people's buy-in and feedback and, you know, helping them understand, you know, new ways of working and new things to do, you know, new ways of doing things. And, and part of the programme that we're doing with tech TechScalers is accessing all this reforged content, which is... Um, this excellent training program that comes with the tech scalers. being on the tech scalars program we get access to all of this and the teams have really benefited from that and then we've brought other companies from industry that are partners to us that have come in and done bits of training for the teams in terms of new ways of agile working and sprints and product ownership and all these different ways that we're integrating new ways to work in the teams and that's worked really well so it's not just saying this is what we're doing. It's actually modeling it, me doing it as well. Everybody participating, getting the feedback from the teams and and making sure that everyone is on the same page and everyone knows the direction and everyone's bought into it and everyone's able to contribute and and understands why we're doing certain things. So, yeah, it's about collaboration and, and creating an environment where it's okay to test and learn and fail, you know, and and that people can be honest and open. And um, yeah, it's all about the collaboration
1: piece. No, that sounds amazing. Leading on from that, what makes an outstanding hire in your, in your opinion?
2: I think it's people that really want to solve problems, you know, and actually getting into the... Why are we doing that? You know, not just coming in and going, well, because we did that, we should continue to do that. That makes you know, that makes sense. And that does in some instances. But it's just really being able to understand why we're doing something, you know, look at ways that we can improve things. So I think it's having an inquisitive mind, an open mind being adaptable, being adaptable to change, knowing that we don't know what we don't know, and continuing to learn. And I think for me, it's all about, you know spotting opportunities being able to um pivot to being able to communicate to you know to being able to understand data and these are all the things that i look for in 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 the teams so everyone has their unique set of skills but how can we collaborate and learn and work together and continue to share that learning and it's those types of people that you know you find that you really want in the team you want to you know they they help you succeed because they're collaborative. they're bringing everyone on the journey, they're sharing information. they're you know they're they have that inquisitive mind, but they have a willingness to to work as a team and then also to kind of you know go away and do things, but come back and regroup and you know keep everyone on the same page, really. So yeah, a lot of qualities, yeah, there there is obviously people that are strong in certain things and certain other things that complement each other. so that's that's how teams work.
1: Yeah, that that is very good advice. I was just wondering, you were saying, when you are able to place people that come on your program into other organizations, what do the employers actually look for? What qualities do they normally look for?
2: Yeah, they are looking for the technical understanding. You know, that's why they hire um, the Clan graduate. But they're looking for the past experience as well and also... The, the willingness to learn, the meta skills like the kind of presentation, the, you know, the collaboration, the um, written and verbal communication, you know, all of these things. And, and that's the benefit sometimes of the, the more mature student, you know, that has that life experience that is able to come into work in an agile environment and communicate and present and has a growth mindset and you know, is able to cultivate those supportive relationships and improve improve teamwork. So, you know, part of what we teach at CodeClan is, is the careers coaching, but we also teach the life, those other meta skills like the presentation, and then we teach them wellness skills as well. So they kind of know how to not burn out and look after themselves. And, you know, they really come out of CodeClan as a really well-rounded person. And because we've given all the technical frameworks and languages, as well as the kind of the overriding like bigger picture you know meta skills the people that hire from us the companies that hire from us they come back and they repeat hire because they know the quality of student that comes out at the end is a really well-rounded person that has that growth mindset that is able to manage stress and you know has the tools that they need to succeed so yeah that's one of the, the core core principles so you'll find that you know students that leave code clan they've been taught to learn how to learn so they are able to deal with that level of uncertainty and problem solve in a way that kind of really helps them succeed and that's what the companies that hire from us get and they also get that diverse background as well
1: that sounds really good that sounds really good because it is really hard to teach someone how to do problem solving mm-hmm. it's a really good yeah. skill to have absolutely yeah so is there anything else you still want to achieve in your career?
2: Yeah, well, when I was at school, I directed this school play and somebody had asked me recently about what, what did I still want to do and I thought I could write a book and then turn it into an Amazon series and then I'd be good. So that would be great So I'd kind of given up on my aspiring directorial career <laughs> But yeah, I'd still love to write a book and have it turned into a, an Amazon TV series or or a Netflix. Obviously, I'm not biased, either is good. But yeah, there I mean, that's just I think that's a bit silly right now. What I'm trying to focus on is <laughs> is getting more diversity in tech. And that's the more, you know, urgent, pertinent thing that's on my mind right now. With the launch of our Flexible on Demand program in the autumn, that will enable many more people from many more backgrounds to experience the same quality program, but the ability to consume it in a way that fits around their lives and to get more funded places for diverse audiences. into that, we're also launching sustainability engineering in the coming weeks, which will be available to all our immersive students. So all our immersive students will be able to take this program, which is the First of all, why should we be coding in such a way? You know, what's the, the fundamentals? What's the rationale and why are we doing that? And obviously, it's on, to get us on a trajectory to net zero. And then subsequently, what are all the techniques? Like, how do I actually apply this in my daily job? So all the graduates that, that are going through CodeClan will have those skills, which will be a huge benefit to industry. And then also industry will be able to access that content. It will be available as an on-demand service, which is a three-day program that they can take again in their own time um, and, and upskill their teams on how to code um, using less data, less duplication, you know, and get us on that trajectory to net zero. So we're super excited to be launching that.
1: No, that sounds amazing. So what is your zone of genius? What are you most good at? I think for me, it's the
2: ideas and then the communicating those ideas somehow. <laughs> it might not seem that way today, but I like generating ideas, bringing people on a journey. My background is marketing, strategy, innovation. I was head of innovation and strategy. A previous role, I set up my own fintech for good company, So I'm passionate about tech, I'm passionate about learning, and I'm passionate about having a positive impact. So I think Anything around that is my areas of like, you know, that's that's where you're going to get me in in the good space. So I kind of thrive in that area. If there's something around tech for good or, or having an impact, that's that's my area. And the innovation aspect around that, how we can, can do things
1: better. So when you were talking about graduates coming into your program, what kind of experience would they have to have?
2: So, yeah, the, the students coming on, they... Typically, they have to show that there is a willingness to learn. You know, they have to have a real strong reason why they want to come to CodeClan. We put them through the puzzle and logic tests at the beginning to check they have an aptitude for that kind of logic. So do they have that kind of the brain that is going to enable them to approach, you know, coding um, we typically ask them to attend one of our workshops or taster sessions, so they get an idea of what the class is going to be, what the classes are going to be like, so they really kind of know before they, before they come to Codeclan, that is something they're interested in. And yeah, they 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 don't have to have been working in in the sector. It's not about that. Like I said, what it's about is about moving people from a non tech career into a tech career. So and they don't have to have been working or anything but they really have to show that they really want to learn they've you know they've looked into it they know what they're signing up for and have passed our puzzle and logic test that's kind of
1: yeah and the interview process okay so is your interview process quite tough then
2: No, I mean, I'd say, you know, we we speak to all of our students that are coming on the programs for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. And then we also have them do these puzzle tests and we ask that they've attended one of the workshops, which they can do. So I wouldn't say it's too onerous, but they have to, you know, we, we have to make sure that our program is right for them. So we typically will meet, we'll meet most of the students that are coming through our cohorts.
1: Okay, excellent. So have you had any career disasters and how have you handled them?
2: well yes so my startup failed which um i understand as a is a badge of honor if you're in the states <laughs> um, to have at least one startup fail so yeah i think that's quite a hard time because you have got you know a product in market you've built a team you've kind of raised an investment you've you've taken it to a certain level, but you can't get past that certain level. So then you have to let like, go of the team. You have to like, you know, go to tell your investors that, you know, there's a lot of, I guess it's a stigma attached to it. Well, in, in the UK, whereas, like I say, it's not like that in other countries. It's kind of, that's your, your, your tea thing. You've kind of done, you've done one. So now you should get onto the next one because you've basically learned all the things, a lot of lessons that you need to take into the next one. So yeah, after licking my wounds from that from for a few months, yeah, I think that was that was hard. But the thing is that I did learn so much. I learned how to build a product, build a team, you know, the things, you know, raise investment, you know, get customers, all the things that you need to do. And those, you know, are really invaluable lessons. To have tried, you know, especially creating a tech product in a regulated market. So a lot of lessons and you know a lot of things that you can take from that. With every with every cloud, there is a silver lining, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yep. So how would you describe your typical working week? A lot of
2: meetings, a lot of outbound speaking to customers, speaking to I guess being visible in the industry, for example, this week, we are talking about our new product launch. So a lot of meetings with the team on that, a lot of planning sessions, doing a lot of marketing campaigns at the moment. So meeting with a lot of agencies and people that are helping us with that. Yeah, it's just a really mixed, mixed week of you know, we're doing a piece of research at the moment with young women code on all the intersectional barriers to women in tech. So we'll be publishing the findings from that next week. So there's, there's press releases and data and, you know, video content. And yeah, it's very varied. So there's a lot of activities, a lot of things going on, a lot of, you know, informal and formal meetings. So I'll be speaking to people about various things at various times. And that's just, that is just a typical week. <laughs>
1: Okay, mm-hmm. that sounds interesting because you were saying that you were having an initi- initiative about. I wasn't it, the women in tech. To see if there was mm-hmm. any barriers. Is there still barriers there? Do you think so? Yeah, the recent report from
2: Anna Stewart on the pathways for entrepreneurship. It's similar in, in tech. So that was a that was kind of looking at why women aren't becoming entrepreneurs. There's similar reasons why women aren't going into the tech sector. So it's breaking the barriers of the language that's used in job adverts, making it attractive for for women to go into those roles and making the, there's obviously a massive still uh, digital technology gender pay gap. So how do we break down the barriers of that? How do we get more childcare cap- uh, available so that women can get into tech? How do we create flexible jobs? Because the majority of women are still, women are still the majority care ho- carers. Mm. For children or or elderly family members, etc. So it's how do we break all those barriers down? So I think there is a, there's a lot of work done and it's certainly a, a main focus for us at CodeClan is how can we break some of those barriers down by getting more women trained. So provided, providing funded places, but then providing flexible jobs at the end. So that's a real focus for me at the moment.
1: Okay, now that sounds exciting. Uh, it, that does actually sound exciting. So how do you propose to go about doing that then?
2: Well, we're publishing our research next week and then we're going to be launching our programs in the autumn. So we'll be building up the wait list of students to get into those programs and then getting the funded places um, for those students to start the programs. So it's fairly, you know, I'm very action oriented, so it's fairly straightforward. We market it to the right people. We get them to sign up, but we provide the, the places for free as well. So yeah, it's all about kind of making it an attractive proposition and then providing the getting them into the jobs at the end. That's very much what we do at Code Clan.
1: No, that sounds amazing actually. So, who do you always depend on at work?
2: Well, there is a very long list of people. I depend on many people. I mean, the organization wouldn't work if, if any, you know, if there wasn't everybody doing what they're doing. So, I depend on my exec team. I depend on my leadership team. I depend on every single one that makes the campuses work every single day. So that's pretty much everyone that works here, including the cleaner. Yeah, I just depend on everyone. Um at home, I depend on my daughter and my mum and my partner. Yeah, I think there's a lot of dependencies, which which sounds bad, but it's actually really good because. it it comes down to having that collaborative environment and and it is an ecosystem. So (laughs) I depend on it all for everything to work. And, you know, there's a lot of cogs in the wheel and it's kind of just keeping it all spinning together and bringing everybody with along on the journey. So, yeah, I wouldn't like to single anyone out because it it all has to work together. But, yeah, we're we're all busy working together, which is good.
1: No, that sounds amazing, actually. It is. I think... Even if I was to go through everybody that I relied on, I think it would be a list as long as you know.
2: Exactly. It's like the the partners that we work with, the you know, all of the different, every single thing is is thing that I, like, kind of, like, need as part of my job. So there's a lot. It's a very long list.
1: And yeah, the well, students,
2: like- of course, the students, you know, because it's all about them at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it is, actually. It is. Um... What motivates you to keep going when times get tough?
2: I think it's about the outcomes. So today, for example, we had a graduation of our one of our data um, cohorts graduated today. And it's, you know, data an- analytics and data analysis is the, the most in-demand skill in the market at the moment across the whole sort of tech sector and other sectors. It's really hot. So it's seeing them come on that journey, come. To- Two cold clan, go through the program and come get to today where you know that's them off getting jobs in industry now. So it's you know that kind of thing. When you see that and you're they're so happy and they've brought their friends and family to the event, and you know, they're they're now ready for their next step in their new career, and it's you know, that's the rewarding piece, really. So, you know, we actually do change people's lives. So if you're having a bad day and then you see that, and then you're like, wow, this is really what it's all about. So it is a brilliant, feel-good factor job.
1: It is. It must be amazing, actually, to know whether you're actually changing someone's life, though, for the better.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And similarly, when we do the Youth Academy as well, it's kind of taking people from, you know, with, you know, coming to Clan and then into a next, their next opportunity. And that could be, you know, going to university or getting in, a, in an internship or things that weren't available to them before. So it's just, It is actually amazing to see the the progress, which is is
1: fantastic. It is. It is, actually. So who was your role model and why did you find them inspirational?
2: Hmm. There's been so many, actually. When I was finding my startup, I just sort of thought this person called Jude Orr was great. She had Richard Branson as a mentor and she had created this... Games company that had like a, a social good aspect to it, and I thought she was brilliant. And then I met Leslie Eccles, the founder at Fanju, who was one of the tech unicorns who became my mentor. And then ultimately, Richard Branson flew me out to to the states to do a mentoring session when I had the startup because he named us startup of the year. So I've had so many mentors, you know. There's just been like so many different people that have inspired me over the years, and you know continue to inspire me you know the list the list goes on and on and on really um you know and it could be anything that inspires me you know for example I'm really Stella McCartney with all our vegan you know and um cruelty free you know fashion and and Tracy Anderson who's this fitness guru but she has all this amazing digital platform and everything it's just there's so many things that I take inspiration from every day that just kind of it it just helps me like feel inspired and you know want to get up and try new things and do things and be better and help people and you know be a better human and and even the you know the the sustainability engineering program that we're doing you know that's you know that's launching soon and that's kind of a collaboration between us and a company called go code green where the founder of that is an Earthshot prize winner so it's kind of there's there's all these inspiring people that you know are just there and they're you know for doing great things so yeah there's a lot of inspiration if you just look for it you can find it anywhere
1: how do you manage your daily working schedule
2: well i prioritize so, you know, I figure out what are the main things that I need to get done. And I put blocks in my diary and then I put my meetings around them. And then, you know, I very much work with the team to make sure that we're all aligned on that these are the priorities. <laughs> and if things need to change and, you know, there has, there is a more urgent priority, then that will get done instead. But it's about, for me, time blocking and making sure that I do have that time to get that thing done, because that is the most important thing. And then I spend a lot of time helping the team. So mentoring, you know, helping the rest of the team do what they need to do as well.
1: If you were gonna if you were gonna be mentored by anybody, realist, well, yeah, if you were gonna be mentored by anybody, who would who would you who would it be? You would be the one person you would like to be mentored by.
2: Um, I don't know. I just I'd go for Michelle Obama right now. <laughs> I'm aiming low. <laughs> Not yeah, um, Michelle would do. Yeah, she'd be good. Okay, interesting. Why is that? I just think because she is so so cares cares so much about people and she does so much, you know, she's kind of always engaged with young people, helping people, you know, putting another project in place, you know, supporting projects, you know, there's a lot of work that she does to actually move the dial. So someone like that is quite inspiring to
1: me. Okay, no, I, she is inspiring actually. So I've got one maybe final question. If you could turn back time, would you change anything?
2: What hmm. would I do? Ah, oh, it's hard to say. I mean, there's so many things that you do in life that you think I wish I hadn't done that, but ultimately, like like I said earlier, it's all a lesson. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know you can't go back, but yeah, I think there's probably, shall I say, a lot that I would like to change. <laughs> but appreciating that I can't change at all. Um, I probably would have just had more wellness time. You know, as in, you know, you kind of like, if you're moving at a thousand miles an hour and you're kind of just burning and burning and burning, like that's kind of, you know, I would probably just integrate a bit of zen into my life and a bit of calm and a bit of reflection rather than, yeah, the full speed speed in my head which is the type of thing that I'm trying to do now but to tell that to my younger self (laughs) would have been maybe quite beneficial but you live and
1: learn you do actually I can totally relate to that so if you were going to give one piece of advice to someone that was maybe new coming into the industry what would it be?
2: i just say give it a try sign up to a workshop and see if you like it you know, what's the worst thing that could happen, you know, but there's still many opportunities and it's just kind of just giving it a try.
1: Okay. No, thank you. Well, that's all the questions I have today. I would like to thank Laurel for your time. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thanks for listening and see you next week. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I'd like to gently encourage you to leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with another person. You can also follow me on LinkedIn or via my website, www.michellefraserconsultancy.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.